When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the KSR Football Podcast presented by Justice Dental. We've got Drew Franklin, Freddie Maggard, Adam Luckett, and myself, Nick Roush, here to talk about Kentucky's win at no, not not win. I, I was so used to saying that it was just a it, it's it's the first time this year. I'm used to talking about wins on Monday nights. The first time we got to talk about a loss like it and. Uh, the losses sting a lot worse when you got to make a long drive home the day after. That 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 ride just stinks. Yeah, it was a long trip back from Athens. A long game, really, Nick. Um, that thing was over from the jump. Yeah, Georgia used that stage to send a message. Yeah, um, Kentucky walked into the ring um, not ready uh, for what the uh, the other prize fighter had coming to them in that contest. So, yeah, disappointing all-around effort, I mean, from top to bottom, really. Um, it's just one, like, throw throw the rearview mirror out and try to move on as fast as possible. I mean, Georgia really gave it to Kentucky on Saturday night, and Georgia played a game we really haven't seen them play all year. Um, they had kind of been playing with their food a little bit, uh, but they used that, again, used that moment to send a message, I think, to the rest of the college football world that, they're, they're, that, that national title still goes through Athens and Kentucky was just on the wrong end of that. So now Cats got to regroup, and they got to regroup right now with a quality opponent at home this week that is a tricky matchup. Yeah, the um, the, the famous Mike Tyson words, or everybody was, you know, you got to play it until you get punched in the mouth. Freddie, you you probably had – did you watch Tyson fights back in the day? That's got to be right in your wheelhouse, right? Yeah, absolutely we did. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's my daughter. Um yeah, we did. I mean, normally you'd have to do pay-per-view, so a bunch of us would get it, and it'd last like 15 seconds. But, yeah, we Tyson fights was number one viewing for, for our team. We love watching him fight. I was about to say, that had to be like the most anticipated 30 seconds, but like it's fun to watch a dude just get knocked out, uh, unless you're cheering for the dude who gets knocked out, which that was that was Kentucky on Saturday. If you got knocked out and you need your teeth fixed, Justice Denham, I'll take care of you. Look you up. Um, whether you got your teeth knocked out and you need them all fixed, whether you just need them cleaned up, or whether you're taking your kid the first time, they will take care of you at either one of their convenient locations. They've got one on Wellington, one on Blazer as well. Visit them online and schedule your appointment at justicedental.com. Do it to it. You will not regret it. They're the best dentists in the biz. Um, Drew, I, uh, I, I, I don't like talking about losses. But at the same time, as like it said, it kind of Kentucky walked into a buzzsaw. So I couldn't even feel that bad. It was just kind of like, oh well, this sucks. I guess I guess we go home. I mean, it just it's it sucks, but it feels like there was nothing Kentucky could do about it. No, it was over pretty much as soon as it started. Uh, with Georgia scoring right away, and then as soon as Larry missed Tavion Robinson on third down, you just knew it was one of those nights. If you're not making that throw and catch. You're certainly not winning in Athens. 
And from there, me and I think a lot of fans were kind of checked out. I was at KS Bar. It was a rowdy environment before the game and for the first quarter to halftime, I look up and there's a lot of empty tables. I mean, we didn't even get a full game of excitement here. It's crazy. I didn't finish my rewatch today. I got to the part where uh, uh, Jagger had the holding, then the personal foul, and then Flax had the holding. And I just turned it off, said I can't watch this anymore. I watch every game a second time on Monday. I didn't even watch the second half this time. It was just from the beginning, a complete whooping. That was disappointing to see as a Kentucky fan. We can handle a loss, but not the way they lost that way on Saturday. Yeah, and it, it doesn't sting as bad for me because it's just, you know, I, I know Kentucky wasn't going to beat that team, even if they brought their A game. I mean, maybe Michigan might beat that team. Um, that's about it. Uh, so yeah, I, I think the part that's disappointing for a lot of fans is that we saw the kind of fissures, the cracks in the foundation, if you will, within the Georgia program. And we thought, well, maybe we, they aren't who we thought they were. And maybe we've shrunk in the gap when instead uh, Kentucky went out and they got treated about like how a Georgia basketball team might get treated by a hungry Kentucky basketball team that's ready to prove something when a ranked team comes to town for the first time. Uh, that place was buzzing like it. Uh, they were fired up. It was uh, it was not the right time for the Cats. Um, and I, I think even if you – Gave them their A game. It was it was going to be uh, it was going to be a long night. Georgia was playing with something to prove, and offensively, that 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 was I think the most disappointing part is you thought Kentucky's defense was one of the better defenses they Georgia would play all year, and Georgia just did whatever the hell they wanted. Yeah, Sanford Stadium, I think Nick is the most underrated venue when you're talking about just like the big helmet logos in the SEC. Um, that place bumps. From a fan experience, I think, aspect, just with how they run the scoreboard and the music and all of that, like it's top, top of the line. Like that is all game, as you see some of the crowd shots from peak here. For Kentucky, yeah, I think the defense was really disappointing. I mean, there's no getting around that. Uh, they got, they got it shoved in their face on Saturday night and they had no answers throughout the football game. I think offensively, uh, we're starting to see those Liam Cohen scripts come back and have some real success starting games. Um, but after the script runs out, they're they're kind of uh, spinning their wheels a little bit, so they got to work on finishing games better on offense. Um, but defensively was the big disappointment. I mean, they just could not buy a stop. And then when they get a stop, they make a bad bad penalty. So it was just a disappointing effort all the way around. It was a real bummer, and Freddie, I, I'm curious your thoughts because you were watching from afar, um, and I, I know of all the same I saw um, that that we walked into on Saturday. Yeah, that's a different Georgia team. They had not played like that at any point during the year. So uh, Georgia played their best game. Kentucky played their worst, and you can't expect to win in that environment like that. Uh, so. Uh, Disappointment. I mean, I mean, it's, it's embarrassing, embarrassing effort, embarrassing uh, just across the line. And Kentucky got humbled real quick. I thought if those two, the two teams that I'd seen play this year, I did not expect that outcome. But Georgia shows why Georgia's, you know, hadn't lost a football game in 672 days mm-hmm. prior to that. Now, do I think Georgia's great? I still don't. I think they're very good. 
Uh, and we'll see. I hope they win out and hope they win another one, you know, for the conference. But uh, Kentucky just, I don't know, but that was bad. Everything was bad, especially yeah. defensively. I've never seen Brad White just get schooled like that. You know, I, I've seen a, a gimmick offense like Tennessee for the first time roll up a bunch of yards and points against Kentucky. But that was just looking at looking yourself in the mirror and, and Mike Bobo credit him. I mean, I'd given I did I had not seen any resemblance of creativity with Bobo before that game, the offensive coordinator for Georgia, and he dialed up one heck of a game. I mean he 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 played called some pretty ball plays. They got pass catchers and you know, we saw the outside receivers getting back involved. Normally Georgia's pass game was throwing to, to nineteen and he showed why I think he's the best player in the country, but offensively, still got to figure out how to how to throw the football and catch the football. And uh, until Kentucky can do that, it's going to be hard. I, I do think this. I think Kentucky could go six and zero the rest of the way out, but I think they could go zero and six, and neither result would surprise me. Yeah, I think what Freddie brings up is a good point. With just Georgia, they treated this game like it was one of the biggest <clears throat> ones on their schedule. Um, and that's something I don't think Kentucky was ready for. They and they just got hit in the mouth and didn't respond well to it. Now, but Stoops, now that's just, Stoops admitted that, as much today too. He said, "You know, that, I don't know if they're right. ready for that." Yeah. That's a sign of respect that they respect Kentucky as a program, but it's also a sign of how far Kentucky still has to go to where playing a game like that of that magnitude, how much better you have to be in. And how, like, what kind of adversity is going to hit you, and how you have to respond back. Kentucky didn't deal well with like getting behind in that game, at, they didn't deal well with it at all. I mean, it snowballed on them really, really, really fast. And like Freddie said, you got to give Mike Bobo a lot of credit. I mean, he that Georgia offensive, just from a scheme and play calling standpoint, took Kentucky to, to school, and I did not see that coming. No, no, I, um, I, I did not either, but uh, once it, it once the bleeding started, I, I knew Kentucky didn't have a lot to make it stop. I did appreciate that the offense uh, got some scores late. You know, Max Harrison set up that one quick score for Kentucky. Um, but that Cats got some problems they got to fix. I'm going to throw in the, the wad it up, throw it away, um, burn it, all, all of the other bad things. Um, but I do got a question for you all. Um, that, that, that Freddie brought up. And that question is brought to you by our friends at PrizePix. Use promo code at prizepix.com or on the PrizePix app. Use the promo code KSR. You get They'll match your initial deposit up to $100 on the PrizePix app. And this is the most beautiful time of the year to have the PrizePix app because whether it's NHL, MLB playoffs, NFL Monday Night Football, you choose your squares, you hit uh, more or less, and then you string together some wins and you win big with prize picks. Use promo code KSR right now. Initial deposit up to $100. They'll match 100%. Um, we got Monday Night Football about to kick off. Raiders, Packers. The NHL season starts on Tuesday. I, I got my my, NH, my my USA jersey on. Um, do you believe in miracles? So make sure you're having fun this fall. And see, I mean, like everything is starting up at the same time. So get in on the action with prize picks, promo code KSR. If you have prize picks, I hope you don't have the Atlanta Braves tonight. Ooh, is it is it ugly? 4-0. Oh, we just scored. 
Oh, there you go. Still, still, still a rough start to the old playoffs. I got to say, it did make me happy to see the Georgia slash Braves fans crying. Boo-hoo. Like, yeah. The offer. You, you guys have had it really tough. Or I had the yeah. offer. Yeah. You, 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 you Georgia Bulldog fans lately. Your, your Braves aren't winning. But um, Fred, Fred, to Freddie's point, they can beat every team on their schedule. They can lose every team on their schedule. So let's just predict it then. Drew, how the Cats going to end the season? Six games ago, we're at the midway point. How does it play out? Well, I am a glass half full guy, so I am still optimistic moving forward. That was absolute ass what we saw Saturday, but I'm going to try not to overreact to it. I'm just going to chalk it up as they were horrible and it just kept getting worse and worse, snowballing like Luggy just said. So I'm not really changing any of my predictions moving forward except I think I had us losing at Mississippi State. I'm now much more worried about Missouri this week, which is how Missouri, how good they look. But overall, I think Kentucky's still the same Kentucky. I'm not mad about 5-1. and one. I'm very mad about how the one looked. But, you know, 5-1 and one at the halfway point in the season. I'm not upset uh, right now in the, in the big picture. Like it? I think, sat, like Drew mentioned, I think Saturday's really important. You win Saturday – I think there's a good chance that you could get to what would it be eight and one when Bama's rolling into town. Like, but if you don't, I think it could spiral on you. I mean, Saturday's really important. I think nine and three is a very feasible goal here, Nick. Um, it's something the team has done before with these five and all starts. It's gotten to nine and three. They've had a pattern here. If you take out the COVID year of every other year, getting to nine and three, I think they could definitely do that this year. Um, but I think this Missouri game is huge. And I think most people, this is kind of where everyone thought they would be, right? Five and yeah, one yeah. heading into this back half of the schedule. Some teams look weaker than we thought. Other teams look better than we thought. So it's still a tough end to the season. Um, but I think Kentucky, conceivably, I think a realistic goal is four and two in this back half. You go four and two, nine and three, and I think that's a really good season. But, you know, it's a bunch of – Tough games, a bunch of toss-up games, and I think this one coming up on Saturday is huge. Yeah, Just from yeah. a momentum standpoint, you got a chance to really build some strong momentum here. If you don't, the thing could snowball on you again. You know, mm-hmm. you could have two losses by week, and then you got to play the team from down the road that you have a hard time beating at home. Like you could go a month without a win. Yep. If you lose and, on uh, Saturday, that's that's. Uh, I'm not, I'm not. I don't think I'm being more pessimistic or not. I forget what my preseason predictions were um, as far as which exact game, but it feels like this team right now is at a uh, 500 three on three on the way out, finish the season eight and four and go to the Outback bowl, whatever the Outback bowl is called now, something, something either way. We're, if we're going to Tampa, we're eating the hell out of some blooming onions. Um, but the reason I, I, I'm, more of the 500 mindset is that this weekend worries me more than it initially did Freddie. Cause you know me, I don't, I don't like my boy drink, but if there were any sort of big picture takeaways or even short picture, whatever you want to call it, takeaways from Saturday, past defense, pass offense. I thought the past defense was better than what it was. Um, maybe the Kentucky's pressure and, and the havoc they created mass some of that. But the passing offense, I think it kind of is what it is at this point. We're six games in. Like, there's not just going to be some sort of magical light bulb. 
Devin Leary is going to be inconsistent. He's going to have great throws. He's going to have terrible ones. Um, and I just I don't know if they can score enough to beat Missouri, right? Like Missouri's going to score yeah. points. I don't know if this offense can score enough. Maybe maybe Ray can run enough. Um, but my just like very basic analysis is um, without diving too much into Missouri so far is I, I do worry about just passing offense and is that passing defense that we saw yesterday or on Saturday a byproduct of uh, a great Georgia offensive line not allowing Kentucky to get any pressure or you know you lose Jalen Geiger your safety's been um, susceptible to some um, eye candy you know like or is that going to be a problem with Luther Burton and Brady Cook you know so I I'm a little worried about uh, about Saturday Freddie and I don't think that's me that's like my uh, my my craziest overreaction to the Georgia game right there with you Nick and I don't know why I'm so worried Middle Tennessee 23 to 19 Memphis 34-27 I mean this is Missouri but I do think they're they're vastly improved uh put up 39 against LSU but I mean that's LSU's bad defensively they couldn't is, stop a nosebleed right so I mean I, who is Missouri I mean we who is Kentucky I don't know I had 8 and 4 uh, for this team, I may be leaning more towards seven and five right now, depending on how Saturday goes. Um, it is a very important game, but I, you know, South Dakota, thirty-five to ten. I, so the, I do think Missouri, Luther Burden is who Kentucky wants badly. Barry on Brown to be, but Barry on Brown, mm-hmm. I, everybody's on Devin Leary justifiably, and I am too. He has pl- not played well. Barry on Brown has not had a good year. I, I mean, it's time we talk about that. I mean, the, the, the gear down was a 30-yard completion shot, hit him in the chest, right? How many times have we seen Kentucky tag routes to Brown that are long in, incompletions when he's not open, no separation, and you're looking at second and 10? This staff has a, has a definite tendency for that, and it's hurting Kentucky because they're not, they're not connected. Whether it's a pass or it's a Barryon Brown drop, there's something going on that it's not working, but the – but Cohen keeps going back and back and back and putting his team behind chains. Now, Leary has been nothing like I thought he was going to be. Yeah. His strength at North Carolina State, accuracy, decision-making, processing, we've seen bits of that, but it's been very very disappointing as well. So while the blame, Leary should shoulder a lot of it, Kentucky's not been good around him at all. And we can't leave that out going forward. But I think – I don't know. I mean, Luther Burden's – Kentucky just faced the best tight end in college football now. They're going to face the best receiver with a red-hot quarterback and a stud defensive tackle – offensive tackle on the left side. Two, a couple of pros in the secondary, but Missouri's given up a lot there too. I don't know. This game, Nick, I, I can see where you were, and it worries me to also. Uh, I would still go eight and four, but I'm leaning more towards 75 if I don't think, see some things change pretty quickly from this offense and pass defense. I think one thing that we can't uh, forget, though, is that Kentucky does have something on their side going in their favor this week. They've got the Big Bull Nation, and they've got Eli Drinkwitz, and um, he's really good at pissing down his leg when it matters most. Uh, not as much as Mario Cristobal or Jed Fish. The Jed Fish, uh, the, just the coaching mistakes on Saturday, like I don't know how these coaches get paid so much money to be so dumb in such simple situations, but um, I digress. I think the home, the home field aspect is going to matter a lot to help this team um, get up off the mat. 
um, because they, they they clearly weren't ready for Saturday. And the other good thing is, is in all of your tough games, you're, you're at home, right? Like, oh, no, you've got to go to Louisville. Like, oh, twist my arm. Uh, at the, like, there ain't going to be 25,000 UK fans there. You know, like, uh, same thing goes with, with South Carolina and Mississippi State. I know Mississippi State's a house of horrors, but, Drew, I would rather play – I mean, is Mississippi State – the worst team in the SEC, maybe, Emmer Vanderbilt. Yeah, I would say um, I don't know if Stoops needs to recycle the pound the beers. I think it was evident that that worked against Florida, and this is a night game. But that energy they had at, at before Kroger uh, last time there in Lexington that really impacted the game. The players talked about it. Stoops talked about it. I know Florida isn't, or uh, excuse me, I know Missouri isn't Florida. But you're right, the crowd support would really matter, and I hope fans do uh you know take it kind of some ownership in it and do do their part again without stoops having to tell them to get up at 8 a.m and pound beers because that does matter and a very good missouri team in the way they play offense will need it to be getting loud in kroger field but you know well, like there's, lots of, there's lots of pout there's lots of pouting on the internet right now everybody get it out of your system yeah you got till tomorrow get it yeah. out of your system tonight fire off your messages wine a little bit more I'm pouting. I got my wine right here. I'm still drinking off the game. <laughs> By about Wednesday or Thursday, we need to be dialed in, and we've forgotten Georgia, and everybody needs to have their best stuff, fans included, on Saturday. Oh, ye I, of little faith in the Big Blue Nation. I mean, First night SEC kickoff, these people are going to be tuned up. You, yeah. If you want to get up at 8 a.m. and pound some beers, I, we're not going to stop you, but just make sure you can last till 9 p.m. at yeah, least. Yeah. I don't worry. I don't worry about the fans this week. To me, it's the team. And we've heard Mark Stoops double down, maybe even triple yeah, down on this. He really did. That they are good. They are going to be ready to play. He will, in his words, he is not going to tolerate it. Um, so He'll put on some pads himself and play if he has to, damn it. I, I think it's going to be a, an intense practice for Kentucky uh, this week. Um, so, you know, we're, we're all caught in, like, the Kentucky circle – but Missouri's coming off a demoralizing loss. Yeah. That was the biggest game they've had at home in, I mean, like maybe a decade. I don't know. If mm-hmm. Maybe, like, I mean, a long time. since Probably since they won the East, maybe. And they they lost it in brutal fashion. They were up 22-7, to blew a huge lead. Um, Brady Cook throws his first two interceptions of the season. Like, that's a tough win to get to bounce back from and they got to travel on the road. So Kentucky does have that in their favor. And I think that could play a big part in this game. My biggest worry is just that offense can go. And so Kentucky in a long game, I, I would have concerns about if Kentucky left points on the board early. Cause as games, as these games are progressing, uh, I think Kentucky's offense is having issues once the, once their plan runs out because um, they can't drop back pass, right? So, like, once they once their plays, their concepts for that week are dried up and they have to go back to what they do, like traditional, their bread and butter, they've struggled at that. Where Missouri, that's not going to be the case. They're going to be able to chuck it to Luther Burden in the fourth quarter, and he's going to get open underneath, and he's going to make people miss right after the catch. And so that is the concern, I think, for me. And it's just a really, really tricky game because Kentucky – that pass defense is, you know, there's reasons I think to be concerned about it right now. And then offensively, you know, if, it, if they have to go score 34 points on Saturday, I'm not sure that they can do it without any help from the defense or special teams. 
So you add all that together, and they it's not like they've been really good at shootouts when shootouts that have occurred under Mark Stoops. They've won their a couple, but they've also lost a couple, specifically in that stadium over there at Kroger Field. You talk about Ole Miss twice in uh, Tennessee once here in recent years. So that that that's the most concerning part to me. It's a really tricky game um, for Kentucky, but there are some indicators in, in good way on their side too that I think you have to point out. So I mean, it's a true toss-up game. Um, you know, and I, I didn't mean to single out Barry, and I'm just saying that the whole the whole group, yeah, the whole group, yeah, the whole Dane's not had the year he wanted to have. <clears throat> Excuse me, and if I'm not mistaken, 11 receptions by the tight end room. I have it written down here somewhere, but I mean, it's just it's the whole the whole operation. But Leary has to get better. I mean, there's 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 mechanical issues that we've heard about. You know, I don't know what's going on because he's missing like the one to Robinson. I mean, you just mm-hmm. can't miss that. And, uh, you know, you scheme up a, a, a chunk play, an explosive, and you got to hit it. And and I, I brought up Barry because, I mean, they keep going back to that play. They finally hit a gear down, caught Georgia in a cover two. Cloud corner safety didn't get over. Leary put a perfect pass out there. Hit the chest and went to the ground. So I mean, just things like that. Of just the whole operation needs to get clean. Yeah. What Kentucky did good before last Saturday was protect the quarterback. Only four sacks going into the game. Gave up three and a half against Georgia, who had not sacked the quarterback a lot going in. So just a whole passing game operation. I'm pretty confident that with Ray Davis and the run game, I think Kentucky can put hat on hat and get some yards that way. But like Adam said, you know, get behind the chains. And Adam, did you tweet something or I crazy about asking Deary, uh, Deary, Leary for all these down the field throws that's throwing off a lot of the, I think, confidence and, and rhythm and flow of this offense. I mean, there's not a lot of, okay, I see numbers. I got to hit that, right? Not a lot of hook or curls or, or, you know, breakdown crossers, something like that. It's yeah. kind of, I don't know. I mean, can you talk to that? Yeah, just put as simplest terms as I can. Leary's average pass, like just yards that travel per pass, is one of the highest in the country. So what that means is he's throwing the ball down the field a lot. The farther you get from the line of scrimmage, um, the lower the success rate or the completion rate will drops national average. So I think that's part of the problem. If your guys aren't winning down the field and they're not creating separation, which is another thing, like mm-hmm. why why aren't these guys getting – you know, the only guy really getting separation is Davion Robinson, in my opinion. Now, maybe that has to do with some rubs they're running for him, but, like, why is no one else, you know, open? I think we've seen Dan Key open a few times on some digs across the middle, but other than that, why isn't anybody getting open? So I think they could – I think maybe a revisiting is maybe we need to, like, shorten this passing game. Just get the ball out quick get him some completions, build some confidence. Uh, because you're right, Larry hasn't been good enough, but I, like, I, playing quarterback like that's got to be difficult when you're throwing the ball to guys and they're just not making catches or they're not running the wrong route. You're getting interceptions where guys are running the wrong route. And what's going on? And I think you, you just look at Barian and Dane together. When they throw to just them, the catch rate is under 50%. I mean, that is horrific. For the amount, for the target share volume that they those two guys are getting, I mean, it's almost half of the off half of the passes are going to those two guys, and they're not they're catching less than fifty percent of those balls. Can't play offense like that. Like you got to, you nope. can't keep doing that. Yeah, and I'll add one thing, and I'll shut up. 
Another concerning thing is when I heard, I can't remember who said it, somebody said something about and the receivers aren't where he thought they were going to be or something like that. Am I crazy for thinking that? Or they were at a different angle than he was thinking? That's what uh, Stoops okay. pointed, pointed yeah, out. I've been yeah. trying to say that for five weeks now. These pass catchers are rounding routes. I, I, I don't think I did a good job of explaining it. Instead of straight line cuts off the off the tree, right? And, and I think that's throwing the passing game off. But, again, I'm not taking anything away from there. He's got to be better, 100%. Yeah. This, this is not completely on him. And Kentucky's got to get better in a hurry in the passing game. Well, got to create a separation, have to get open, and have to make catches. And Leary's got to put it on him. Fortunate the fortunate the offensive line has looked like a good yeah. SEC offensive line for most of the season, and they got an all SEC tailback. If they didn't have that, they'd be in a world of hurt. I think Cohen's doing a good job of specifically starting these games, um, but like the receivers just got to be better, and Cleary's got to be better. I mean, the whole season was built around yeah. really three guys on the offense. It was built around. 13, 6, and 7. And they're not playing winning football. Let's just call it like it is. As a group, as a collective group, we've seen highs from each, all three, and we've seen lows from all three. But they got to get on the same page and they got to start. They have to figure something out, whether it's all right, we're just going to run screens and hitches and slants to get everybody going, or or if it's, it's got to be something. Like you can't keep doing what they're doing because it's obviously not working. Well, um, I, you know what? This show, it's just going to be the question show, the 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 sponsored question of the day. We're going to have three different sponsored questions of the day. I got a, the game time question for you, Freddie. Everybody knows game time is the best place to go get your last-minute tickets, whether it's uh, tickets to watch the Cats take on Missouri or you're going to a concert or show. Um, I know there's a big concert coming to town. Is that Friday, Drew, or is that for the Tennessee game? Big Darius Rucker show. Uh, Darius is Friday. He's head to head with Big Blue Madness. Tickets for all of them. Just go to gametime.co or download the Game Time app. It's very easy. You just scroll through your seats wherever you want to be. You smash. Oh, I'll take that one. You put in promo code KSR. Go to your settings, promotions. Make sure you type in code KSR. You'll get twenty dollars off your first purchase on the Game Time app. Fast, user friendly. Um, I've had family friends use it. My dad, my dad can't figure out how to get tickets on his phone, but I helped him. It was easy peasy, lemon squeezy, three steps, boom, with the game time app, promo code KSR. So my game time question is for all the fans who are buying tickets to go watch the cats on the game time app. Freddie, you're quarter, you were quarterback. I'm sure not everything was always sunshine and roses when you were playing. Is there a – so, like, let's let's say, you know, uh, Liam and Stoops both said that, you know, we're looking at all options. What's an option, like, that just feels like a – I know there's not a simple answer, but what do you think could be the simplest way to just make the passing game to give them some layups, give them some confidence, and yeah. help them get their swagger back? Because I think that, as much as anything – is is hurting this team. The guys, the swagger jackers, just don't have any of it right now. Well, I think my biggest pet peeve of this offense is, is the damn tagged routes that's thrown for 50 yards downfield. I mean, Kentucky's getting behind the chains too much, and I, that aggravates me to death. And he, it, let Larry see the field and get him some short completions. Let, and by doing that, 
how I came out of a funk, in which I really didn't because I wasn't very good, but I was better when I could see the numbers, right? Early in the game, go to my tight ends. The late Rodney Jackson, second team All-SEC, we ran option routes on first down, second down. 15 yards, show me your number. You go in route, I'm going to hit you, right? That got me going. A spot route where you bring a tight end, you know, against cover two, let them run out. Let the tight end just spot eight yards downfield like Jacob Tammy used to do. Get a completion. And then you go for it. Then you can start taking those shots. But the shots are driving me absolutely out of my mind. I'm sorry. Yeah, there's no layups. Yeah, just to (laughs) Freddie's point, there's almost no layups in in the pass game. Like, where, where's can we throw a bubble screen? Can we throw a bubble Ooh. screen? I haven't seen one bubble screen this year. Oh man, we people used to hate those damn things too. What were we would like- do? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. For a bubble right that's, now. That's that's because all that's all we did. Rich Screenerella. And when you're watching, when you're scouting this team, you're thinking, all right, they're going deep on us, so we're gonna play off. And you would, I, I would assume. Uh, but so there's got to be. I I feel like there there's some stuff underneath that they they could hit. Um, I think you saw them hit a couple. Um, hitches or stops against Florida, but like they, they've got to get something. I, I really do think you got when your quarterback is like this, uh, you got to give him some. He's got to get him some confidence. You know, get it's get him some going early in these games. Um, he's just getting rattled, rattled early in these games, and I don't think he's really overcoming it. And so, I think that could help. But I mean, they got to play better. I mean, it's on, I think it's on Cohen to figure that out and the rest of the offensive coaching staff. Is a little tempo out of the question? I know we're uh, slow as molasses this season, but Larry seems like a guy gets a little rhythm. You know, kind of like me on the beer pong table back in the day. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I might miss 20 in a row, but once I get going, that's my, that's now my table. Maybe we just got to – Well, we saw it on Saturday. Was, was that the holding call or the late hit? It was one of the penalties. They went – they went to the line quick and then got it to Barryon for a quick little out. I believe that was the unsportsmanlike. That was the late hit on Jagger. I believe, hey, Nick, it, but I could be can, wrong. Uh, not Nick. Adam, can you text me that about the distance of the pass thing? I, I'll forget yeah. about it if you don't do that. Yeah, I'll send That's it to you after we get on. And it speaks to what I'm saying. Quit throwing the damn go routes when there's no separation. The defense is playing deep. Nobody's running by anybody, and it's either an incompletion. It's thrown out of bounds or it's a freaking interception. Yeah. Quit it. Well, and the other part God. of that too, Freddie, your pet peeve, I mean, not only are they not open, like Leary doesn't want it picked off, so he's just throwing them out of bounds now. You know, and I I, hey, I told them. y'all, I told y'all on this podcast, every time we had a damn Hail Mary, if I hadn't thrown a pick at the end of the half or end of the game, I would throw it in the end zone. But if I'd thrown a pick or two, that thing was going in the third row of the end zone bleachers because I'm not hurting my stats over dudes that ain't catching the ball. I mean, that's just the way – I mean, this is all human, right? These players are human. They think about that stuff. All right, well, here's another question then, Freddie. Um, what, what are they thinking right now? Because I know they're human. Is it uh, 
being five and one's got to be a little different, but I do think that the element of Stoops' overall point is we're not going to be pointing fingers at each other after this. And I think that that's what happened last year. Um, how do you make sure that the that adversity doesn't strike? Like, is this got to be a – does somebody got to go in there and set the tone from a player's standpoint, or can Stoops yeah. unilaterally do that? And, Coaches can scream and yell all day long, but unless it's player uh, – police player accountability, it's not going to work. I mean, that's just – I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's Bear Bryant. I don't care if it's Nick Saban. Coaches, you know, adults screaming at these kids is not – it's not going to work. It's got to be player accountability. I will tell you this. Doubt is a death sentence for a locker room. When you have doubt, then you're going to start pointing fingers, right? And there's not enough fingers to go around to point at people for Saturday night. So there's going to have to be some accountability. I called it a mirror game. A lot of, a lot of dudes need to look in the mirror. I mean, everybody in that whole building. and Because and, that was bad. That, that scarred me Saturday seeing Kentucky get – not only beat, but just absolutely embarrassed. And, and that was hard to watch. And I just care. I care for the coaches. I care for the kids. I just want to see what's best for them, right? In some ways, it might be a good thing that the defense got blistered too because they have no room to talk after that performance on Saturday. So they, yeah. got a, they got a lot of work to do themselves. Can't just blame the offense, right? Man, mirror, that, that word uh, – sim- Similarly, I, I'm really struggling with that one lately. But, like, you know, my kid was a ring bear, and I just think I'm saying ring bear. Like, and, and the R's. The R's are – for a guy whose last name is Roush, I shouldn't struggle with the R's this much. Also, somebody did point out that I did terrible math after midnight on Saturday. <laughs> I had, I had a, a good laugh at that. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? It was uh, – I, I wrote it as a 44-point loss. It was not a 44-point loss. So, just <laughs> oh, yeah. You, you know, touched that off. This, it felt like it, one. It was a – you know, I was bad at math Friday night, too. Ran into some Cats fans. We ran into some Adam Luckett fans on uh, – uh, At the, the Flying Pig. Is that – is that Blind Pig? Something like that. I, I think it's know. Blind Pig. Uh, Roush got lit up by some hot wings at the Blind Pig. Oh, yeah, I did. They were They were spicy. I was I was happy. Did you get that. Alabama rained on though, Nick? We did not get rained on, thankfully. Um, we had I, I really respected the guys who um, they had to find somebody to help place their Keeneland bets for them um, because you couldn't make those wages in Georgia. So like that, that was some degenerate kindred spirit. Yeah, right we were there. very much in our wheelhouse there um, <laughs> with those guys. Like they were one of us. Hashtag one of us for sure. <laughs> How was the uh, Sanford Stadium media room? I've never had the pleasure of trying their coffee or their uh, their free food. Well done. They do a great job there. Yeah. So the, it's, an, the, it's an older room. Yeah, like that That was clutch. They even had uh, somebody – they had like deli sandwiches. They were walking yeah. around asking us after the game, would you like a sandwich? I'm like, you know what? I would love a sandwich. <laughs> Sounds delicious. Yeah. They have I would like um, a sandwich and a bottle of bourbon and to never think about this day again. <laughs> From a hospitality standpoint, they're the best that how well, they, they treat us. And the seats are the best. The seats are great. It's outdoors. So like I mean, we're covered, but like you're you're outside in the elements. They, they got heaters underneath the table too, which you forget about. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, they're the best. Clock and like you just get to feel job. the the crowd, the energy. It's so loud there. I mean I'm like screaming at Luckett next to me, like, 
did you see that? What's going? I mean, it. They do it right. Um, and I just, I was trying to think too. When was the last time a kid like you'd have to be pulling like a Drew Franklin five time English taking class to have been a student at Georgia to see a home loss, right? It's got to be Kirby Smart's first year, I believe. Twenty six. Jesus. And they lost the Vandy Bennett's class, freshman class. How much? How much fun would that be, though, to go to school there? And they, they did leave. A, a lot of them did leave after halftime. It was like, well, we did our part. Time to, time to go to the bars. That's what I wondered. Wouldn't it get old? I mean, you're Georgia, and obviously you're a big fan because you're back-to-back national champions. But if you're winning every game, I think there'd be a lot of leaving at halftime. Yeah, yeah. I think for them, though, this was the biggest game on the home schedule. So they were tuned up for this one. I think well, a lot of people sorry. were excited. Sorry, the other half didn't show up and do their part. Whoops. Yeah. Yeah. Night game, too. It's a, they don't get a lot of night games up, up there for some reason. I think they get the CBS 330 slot a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that Florida game takes away a home game every other year for them. So a lot of years they only have three SEC home games. Uh, but Kentucky just walked into a buzzsaw, and it wasn't just like the Georgia team. I mean, just that atmosphere. It was a really, really good atmosphere. And I, I do understand some of the fans' frustration – about some of these primetime ESPN games Kentucky has gotten into. Texas A&M in 2018, the offense just could not do much of anything. That was last, CBS, wasn't it? No, that was the ESPN. Prime. McDonough was on the call. And then last year, Tennessee, you have Herb Street on the call, and it kind of played out like this game. I mean, there, it is frustrating because you work so hard to get in a spot like that, and then you can't deliver in the moment. It's just disappointing. But, uh, but if you keep getting in that moment, you're eventually going to deliver. So they're doing something right. You just got to finish. Nick and Adam, y'all didn't come home with bangs? No. I see a lot of bangs in the, in the crowd there. I try on bangs. Yeah, I, I, I hate that narrative like it. Um, when are we going to win a big one? It's like, well, you get like one of these games a year, and it's against one of the five best teams in the country. Like, yeah. I know I, yeah, you I, would I, like to win one, but it is asking a lot. Like, can you just me- beat – one of the three best teams in the sport, please. And it's like, I mean, I, yes, I would love that to happen too, but, like, I'm not going to cry me a river and boo freaking, you know, oh, no, we're we're the worst team ever. It's like, no, they, they've won a lot of games. They've beat a lot of ranked teams. I think they were 6-10. and 10. They, Yeah, they they'd won, they were 6-4 and four in their last 10 games against top 25 teams going to that one. So they're still Can above 500 in their last yeah. 11. Like, they're beating good teams, but, like, Yes, uh, I'm, I'm sorry that they didn't play better against the number one team in the country that hasn't lost in 23 games. Yeah, I think when it, you're right on the winning, but they're not getting in, into the second half of these games with a shot. I think that is the big disappointment. Like, it's a, it is the big stage for the program, and they're not they're, – they're, there's not even close in the second half. So that is frustrating, and I get that. I'm just hell-bent that that game was not a 7 o'clock game, too. <laughs> 2018 one, but that one yeah. that's really irrelevant because I remember being hot, but maybe it was just hot. Um, no, final John, scores at 10:40, so maybe. Did you it see was. John Wright's question there? Yeah, we got a super chat from John. Yeah. Um, shout out to John. Yeah, Heck shout yeah, out John. John. Um, he said that he's concerned that Missouri card Matt House's defense, which I assume is similar to ours, better score some points. Um, Matt House's defense is just horrendous this year. They are so bad at LSU. I don't. I can't make sense. Might be the worst in the SEC. 
Yeah, Freddie, how how mad how pissed off is your guy down at LSU about what's going on down there? Because it is like yeah. Aaron Perkins is a stud. I don't know if they've got other dudes there, but their defense is inexplicably bad, and that's normally like their their calling card, you know? Yeah, he uh, <laughs> he asked me about going fishing with Matt because he he owns a boat on the Gulf and you know and does all that. <laughs> Then he texted me during the Missouri game. He said that uh, that house would have a lot of time to go fishing next year if this keeps <laughs> up. So I don't think they're very happy with him right now. LSU's given up 40 points a game uh, in the last three weeks. Uh, it's not it's, not good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Missouri's uh, another team though. Like they're they're putting up big numbers, and they're probably going to throw it on most teams they play. Uh, but the games have been kind of surprisingly close. Like Nick, you had some skin in the game of that when they went to Vanderbilt, and that yep. was a game in the fourth quarter. Um, so, like they 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 do have some flaws too, and they're coming off a tough spot as well. Uh, it's just that, that that burden's scary. I mean, just full stop. He's a scary football player, a really good football player, and he's going to be something somebody you have to account for and fi- figure out a way to slow down. And now you look at that safety position, Geiger's out, you know, let's call a spade a spade. I mean, we talked about some of the offense that uh, Childress and Lovett haven't played well either, you know, oh. and they were supposed to be two of the better players on defense and they've been, they're, they're having disappointing seasons. And we go back to spring and fall camp. Zion Childress was a guy that they were talking highly of in, He's not played great to this point, in my opinion. And they need both those guys to play better. And so in a matchup like this, the, number three is going to get the ball in space, and those two guys are going to have to come up and tackle them. Can they do it? I don't know. I mean, it, do they get out of position again? Like they, they they have at some points this season. Missouri's good enough where they can go pop a 65, 70-yard touchdown on you, um, especially when Burden touches the ball. So um, there's, there's, some, there's some guys on defense that got to play better too. And I, I, safety is the one – the one big position that's been concerning to me. Yeah, that was supposed to be a strength. And I know um, it's the midway point of the season, so we're supposed yeah. to, like, give out grades. Um, I, I don't – it feels really hacky, but that's one that I expected to be an A and has been a C if I'm being general. You know, like, it's just – what have, what have you done? Now, like the the aggressive play, like it's just there. There hasn't been there hasn't been anything resounding that I've looked at from the safeties and been just like, yeah, that's that's the stuff right there. I mean, Geiger had the scoop and score, but Geiger's uh, played the best of the three. Yeah, like we haven't seen that jump that we expected from Childress and Lovett that we got in the second half of the season. It's almost like there was no momentum built over from there. Um, whereas like the corners, I, I don't think they've been that bad. They've gotten moss on a couple of times, but like, I can't, you know, I, 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 I can't get mad at that, that rah, rah Thomas catch. Like yeah, Harrison's getting beat, but that guy's fighting out there and he's, he's playing got, his tail off. Looks like he's got a broken hand or something too. And he's and still he's made, off passes. And he's made some plays on the football. And so yeah. if you're going to chat, like if you're going to challenge him all game, you're probably going to get him, but he's going to get him one. Yeah, look at him a ton. A lot of Georgia explosive pass plays were where? Over the middle of the field. Over the middle, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's linebackers having dirty eyes, you know, and safety's not doing what they're supposed to be doing. I know uh, the 19 got lost, but that was on a linebacker once. You just can't have that. I don't care if you're a backup or a starter. So, 
just a lot of uh, uncharacteristic, undisciplined play from the linebackers and safeties against Georgia. But I agree, I thought the safeties were going to be, you know, I thought that was going to be the strength of, of that, could be of the whole defense. And, and you know, Lovett is down to, what, fifth or sixth leading tackler on the team now? So that's, that's not what I expected. We haven't, I don't think once you've watched the game this year and we'll go, oh, wow, Jordan Lovett, good play there. Yeah. And, like, that happened a ton last year. And that just hasn't mm-hmm. been there this year. Um, well, I, I do want to pat ourselves on the back for one thing. And you should pat the teacher on your back in your life by signing them up for the Eckert's $1 million challenge for teachers. You've got until October 26th to do it. That's right. The teacher in your life, they can win a million smackaroos. you got to go to Eckert's.com, go to the uh, promotions tab, sign them up. They can win a million bucks for their school. All they got to do, throw a football through a hoop at halftime of the Alabama game. Even if they don't win it, they're going to get some money for their school. So you've got till October 26th. Sign them up today for the $1 million challenge for teachers and help the teacher in your community with our friends from Eckrich, which uh, it is smoked sausage season, by the way. Gets a little cool in the air. Um Went to Kroger today. Uh, I, look at I, I did something stupid though. I went to a Kroger that's not my usual Kroger. I went to the one that we meet. They're at. all different, man. I know, and it's just different floor plans. See, and I like this one because it was is a little bit bigger. So like it had all of the like I was going deep to get my chili. You know, like the small Kroger. Like I've got a big Kroger, small Kroger. If I go to a small one, it might not have the chili powder I'm looking for. Um, so I, I I went to the different one. But it's it's all chili, smoked sausage. Like we're getting into like the fun fall food. I'm I'm very fired up. All to come back to my original point that one thing we did get right is I think the offense, the, the defensive line, the front seven has been as good as advertised. Um, Georgia really didn't try to run. They tried. I mean, they schemed around Kentucky's front seven. They knew, Bobo knew better. Um, later on in the game, I mean, they, they kind of wore that defense down. They were demoralized. I, you know, I'm not going to blame them. But for most of the year, I mean, this was another sign of respect from Georgia. I thought, yeah, that they I did mean, that to me. The, but I could be wrong. The, but. the front seven is the one thing we have gotten right because it feels like everything else is almost the opposite. Where I wasn't sure this team was going to be able to run the ball, and Ray Davis wasn't going to be explosive. And Drew uh, Saturday, we're just like, damn, I wish they could get the ball to Ray Davis more. You know. It is weird how there's a lot, so much backwards from what we thought. I mean, we can say we were wrong. I mean, obviously we were, but I don't want to take the blame. I feel like the football team is just not doing what we said they would. But as you mentioned, safeties on defense, I thought that's a sure thing with the way they played last year. Receivers, I mean, we say it after every game. I'm still in shock about that. But those are, at least in my brain, two of the positions I checked. We're good to go, especially with the way those safeties were talking this preseason. Cyan Childress, First team all talking trash in practice and on the, in games too, but uh, that group still needs to go out farther as, as we were saying. It's just weird how it's all backwards. Jeremy Flax, we do. Portland <laughs> yeah. Ford's here to take his spot. You know what he said? Here, I got your spot right here. It's called offensive player of the week. I mean, offensive lineman <laughs> of the week. Like everything we thought, it's reversed. But whatever. At least the D line's playing well. Flax is playing well. Um, at least some of the groups are working out. It's just not all the ones we thought in the in fall camp. We were trying to guess how this would play out. Yeah, it's yeah, been a weird team in that regard. Like, if you'd have told me this was the offensive line Kentucky got in August, I'd have been super high on this team. Mm-hmm. Like, they've held up in pass protection. Um, even the sacks they gave up against Georgia, I thought some of them were just 
obvious third down passing situations. They had yeah. an over low pressure call and they just kind of got overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. But overall, I think they're doing a good thing. And that was another disappointing thing. I thought Kentucky was doing some good stuff in the run game early in their against Georgia and they had to abandon it just yeah. because they got down so quickly. So you, you're getting that and you're getting this kind of play we're getting from Ray Davis, which I think surprises all of us, but it's just the passing game has just been woefully disappointing, mainly, I think, the quarterback and receivers. It just It's just frustrating. And then defensively, you thought safety might be one of the better position groups on the team, and I think you can argue it's been the worst on the defense to this point in the season. Got to be I better. Saw, I, I saw Leary say uh, it was so easy to pick Kentucky out of the transfer portal. He was like, Baron Brown, Dane Key, are you kidding me? I mean, now with some truth serum, he, he might be saying, are you kidding me? But it's, it might be more on the negative end. You kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If he'd go back, you know, if he, if he knew it was ahead, it'd be Kentucky, Ray Davis, that offensive line. Yeah. I'm going there. Yeah. But you know what? There's still plenty of reasons to be optimistic. Um, as I said earlier, it is Eli Drinkwitz. I mean, remember last year, what Kentucky did in that game, they had no business winning that game. And, then Missouri tackled a punter and Kentucky won. I mean, Dane Key put the team on his back a year ago. Um, we, we've had the Ahmad Flagner play. Yeah, great game up there. Um, two years ago, did something crazy happened two years ago, too, if I'm not mistaken, back here at Kroger Field, that they were all whining about. Um, it's a negative, nothing. but I'll never forget them surrounding Boss Man Fat. That lives in my head with Missouri football when their team was surrounding him when he was down on the field mm-hmm. at Missouri. I the yeah. the one that I love too is the one where uh, Max Duffy looked like a five star running back out there flying down the field on the fake punt. Uh, that was great, and that was also uh, after a bunch of losses. I think Kentucky had a bye. I believe that was was that was that the first game of the Lynn Bowden experience. It was one of the first. I think it was the third, or I think it was the third. I think they went Arkansas, Georgia, Missouri. And that was the first game. I think you could say, "Whoa!" Like. This might really work because Missouri had won like five in a row going into that game, Nick. And Kentucky just beat them up on a rainy, rainy, wet and rainy day. I remember being soaked at that game. But, yeah, that was one of many upsets Kentucky's from a spread perspective have had in this in this series. I think seven and one in the last eight against oh, Missouri. Man. Last year, Colin Goodfellow put his life on the line to get out of Columbia with a victory. So many fond memories in this series. He basically I still, died. I still say yes, that he did. the second half when Kentucky held Missouri to zero first downs was yeah. one of the most impressive oh, things yeah. I've ever seen ever in my life watching football. I mean, that was like 13 Coach straight Yost. three and outs. Almost remember as impressive. Remember the Titans. Uh, Not yeah, another yard. <laughs> almost as impressive as the gumbo I had at McLean County last Thursday, which was excellent, prepared by a tugboat captain, or at least that's what he said. I believed him. He sold it, but I don't know. He could be a, you know, a police officer. I don't know. <laughs> it, the gumbo was delicious. Well, and uh, are you, is it up to Cuffcath this Friday night to see uh, Willie? Yes. Rodriguez? Yeah, we're going to go see Willie Rodriguez. And uh, uh, hold on, I got it here. Caden Custard from Harrison County that's put up oh, yeah. a gazillion yards. So He's had some should, crazy numbers. Yeah, the Kroger KSR, Drew, I, I thought you were going to interrupt those guys blaspheming Kroger a while ago, but, uh, oh, no. yeah, yeah. We, we love our Kroger. Yeah. But yeah, we're going up there. They move stuff I, around to keep you on your toes. That's yeah. Floor uh, I've never been to Cuff Calf. 
And I'm excited about that because they have oh. lights now. They used to play their games on Saturday. Yeah, that's only. right. Yeah. The, uh, Ever since we started this podcast, I've been trying to figure out who Freddie looks like. It just hit me. You are Doug Peterson right now. Oh, it's the hair. It's the hair. You are. The- <laughs> you have gone so into Luke Fortner and yeah. the Jacksonville Jaguars that you're Doug. The, the pencil in the visor, <laughs> the hair. You are Doug Peterson. It just hit me. Everything's backwards on this thing. Yeah. 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 You got to go opposite end. There you go. You, you've gone full Jacksonville Jaguars on us. Hey, listen. Hey, how great was that game? I don't know. I didn't watch it. I was too pissed. So, oh, uh, Freddie. I was at KS Bar office. I was at the KS office preparing uh, my Sunday articles and my charts that I used this week. I could, I, hear, uh, it. I could hear it downstairs, but I, I didn't I, see it. We were listening on the way home, and um, I see, my, my, my gambling tip is either the Bills win by a million or they lose. I was too scared to bet Bill, Jags money line. Um, Drew, that's why they scared money. Don't make no money. Uh, it turns out it makes you a little bit though, because uh, I, I took the five and a half, and just the whole way home, hearing those long drives and like them opening up holes for Etienne. It's like, yeah, come on, having to listen to Eric Wood and the stinking Cardinal Bird just like just cry while his Bills just ah, let's go Jags. I you know I needed I needed at least one Cardinal to take an L this weekend. That. That was too the, – the Jeff Rom experience just did everything that we said it would do, and that was frustrating. That was another thing we got right. We're going to play nobody, and then Notre Dame's going to just walk into a hornet's nest. The drunkest crowd in 10 years at that stadium. It was rowdy. Um, uh, Freddie, I don't know why you were putting your arms up and down. I don't I don't really know. This is crazy because everything's opposite. Yeah. Drew, Drew <laughs> was here. talking about the opposite team. I mean, that's my right hand, but it looks like it's my left hand. It's crazy. <laughs> Uh, but also the people who just like came out and uh, are, are now all of a sudden worried about Louisville beating Kentucky and oh my gosh, Louisville might not lose the game. Their schedule's so bad. Like you all, have you watched Purdue? Did you watch Purdue football? Did you watch Western football? Like no, you didn't. I did, and I, I watched them lose the teams they shouldn't lose to. They go down to Ruston on a sleepy Saturday night. It was ugly. They lose the game they shouldn't lose. Just like uh, they're going to Acrisure Stadium, there's gonna be a thousand pit fans there. Their old quarterbacks gonna be playing tight end, and they're gonna lay an egg. Like it's it, just stop, just relax. It's college football. It's a dumb sport. Bad, crazy things happen. You just gotta weather it. And you know what? If if you need to tweet at me and call me an idiot to feel better, bring it on. Sign up, <laughs> KS Board. We got a big game special. You can vent all you want on there. That's how you got to deal with it. Um, this sport is crazy. This sport is stupid. There was a coach, Jed Fish did not – he said out loud on the field he did not know the overtime rules. <laughs> he didn't need to say it. We knew. There's he a said coach the field goal team out there. Jed Fish? What yeah, is he, he coach? Arizona. Uh, here, yeah, he was a Patriots quarterback coach for a while, and now he's Arizona Wildcats. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought he you were talking about the, the – I thought you were making fun of uh, the U. Oh, well, yeah, they, they, they messed up too. Um uh, which uh, was funny because it, it got somebody to bring up that Kevin Steele tried to punch in a touchdown when he was the Baylor head coach in 99. They fumbled into the end zone and UNLV returned it 100 yards for a touchdown. So, uh, turns out that Miami did not have the worst ever non-kneeling loss. Uh, that was Kevin Steele, Alabama defensive coordinator, Kevin Steele. And apparently, uh, old 
maybe not everyone's favorite offensive coordinator, Shannon Dawson, was part of that and part of that decision making process. So that tough. That's not going over well well in uh, South Florida. No, no, it's not. And if, if uh, you were on KS board, you would know you would know that. So come join the party. We've got a whole yeah. thread talking about that. We got a big game special too, right? And Big Blue Madness, a lot of stuff going on. Well, stay tuned. We'll have something oh. announced later in the week. But yeah. Oh, so it hasn't started yet. Okay. Well, <laughs> if you don't well, you, know, you heard you know. it here first. <laughs> uh, we got so many specials and graphics, and uh, get out of here. I'm, get out of here. Uh, you want you want to end the show? Oh, two run bomb to go up. Oh, taking the lead. Sorry, wrong sport. Ah, playoffs. Bottom of the eighth. We're back. There you go. Drew's all the way back. We'll be back next week for more. Hold on. I got a question before we go. Oh, okay. okay. Jed Fish. Is there another coach that you can think of whose last name is an animal or a mammal or something like that? There's got to be a bird, right? Somebody bird? Dan Quayle. Was he who he coached? He didn't care on a coach, right? Coach Stark. He coached America. Yeah, was he? He wasn't president. Uh, he was a uh, assistant vice coach. president, maybe. Assistant coach. No, a coach with an animal name. A coach with <laughs> an animal name. Um, That's something we would have to dig in on. Yeah, I'm trying to run through my name, top of my head. I can't well, think. Of think one. of like some basic, like that. That. Like, but Tiger, you know, that's not like a common last name. A bulldog, yeah. Huh? It'd be like something like. Cardinal. Someone last name Cardinal. Is there a bear? Bear Brom. Bear Bryant. There <laughs> we go. Bear Bryant. That's a first name. It's all right. It fits. Oh, In the man. phone book, it looks good. Okay. It fits the chips. Um, well, this has been fun. We got a bye week next week, but we'll do this podcast. We'll talk about the Missouri game. Uh, we'll have more animal names, too. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll throw them in the chat. Those listening, maybe a later time, throw them in the chat. Let's know. Yeah. We'll recap next oh, week. Oh, no. The Kansas dude. What's his last name? Leipold. Lance Leipold. Oh, I was thinking Leopard. My bad. Lance Leopard. <laughs> Lance Leopard. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's a good coach now. Yeah, uh, he's awesome. If he was last name was Leopard, Kansas would just have to change their mascot. He <laughs> is a <laughs> very good coach. Yeah. Chris Lineman. Clineman? No. It's, it's lion. There's got to be a lion. Somebody, but it's spelled different. L Y O N. Dan Campbell. He's eaten. Kneecaps like he's an animal. He is a he's the own animal. Yeah, he's. I love the post game, like in the locker room. He's still ready to whoop somebody's ass. You know, boys. <laughs> I love. We him. went I out there him. and we did what we did. <laughs> I love him. He's awesome, and they play hard as hell for that guy. I love him. Oh, is there a fox? Oh, John Fox. John Fox. John yeah. Fox. <laughs> Way to go, Drew. It's like there's got to be some last. Way to go. Oh, we did it. We did it. And with that, that's our show. We'll see y'all next week. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.